Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. People are important to God. Amen. Amen. People are important to God. I know that um, we would like to bless everyone, but um, there are times that the Lord will highlight someone, and we just we need to bless them good. Amen? Amen. It's, it's part of being in the kingdom of God. All right. Um, whew, I feel... Uh, it's good stuff. I've been on this, this journey about prayer, and I'm really being challenged in my own heart uh, about this thing of prayer, because God is wanting to do something to bring us into new levels, but we can't ascend into different levels until we are, are, are walking in obedience, if, unless we're doing the things He asked us to do. Amen? It's like there are rewards out there. We're saved. Thank God for grace. Amen? But there are some things that we need to pursue. They're there. It's like we can feast at His table, but we need to go eat. Do you know what I mean? And so God is is opening up this atmosphere of prayer and trying to get us to have a revelation and an understanding of the immense value of this so we begin to invest our hearts every morning into Him because, number one, because He's worth it, And number two, when we do that, we actually get traction in the Spirit and things begin to happen. Just say amen. Amen. You guys okay? So let's go to James 5.16. This has been my scripture for quite some time now. And uh, yeah, I heard somebody say, yeah, I know, you know. You got any other scriptures? Um, James 5.16, I want you to get it into your heart. Someday, if they do an autopsy on you, they will open you up and they'll see James 5.16. It says, therefore, this is in the Amplified, therefore, confess your sins to one another. In the Amplified, it says your false steps and your offenses. Get that stuff out of the way, it says. Don't let that be a hindrance. Don't let those things slow you down. Has anyone ever carried something too long? You ever been mad at someone and the Lord's like, you need to forgive them? And they're like, I know, but I want one more week to hate him. <laughs> I just want, you know what I'm saying? He says to get rid of that stuff. That's what it says right here. Your false steps, your offenses. Say your offenses. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. That's good. How many want to be obedient to the Lord? Amen. All right, Amen. then grab somebody's arm next to you and pray for them real quick. Say, Lord, bless them like crazy. Amen. Okay, that was good. All right, see? Therefore, confess your sins one to another, your false steps and your offenses. Get that out of the way, then begin to pray for each other. Amen? Amen. Man, I tell you, I have had stuff that I carried too long carry too long. Do you ever, you ever mess up morally? 
No one in here has ever messed up. I never do because I'm a pastor. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, you, uh, you just, I don't know, you got mad in traffic. Who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. Except for me, again, I'm a pastor. It's the weirdest thing. When I got ordained, all that stuff left. It was, it was just amazing. Should ordain everyone. But you can punish yourself the rest of your life, and it actually prevents, it, it hinders your prayer life. Somebody offends us, we want to punish them, and the Lord's like, you need to release that because it's hindering your prayer life. Or you can... You can, you can uh, uh, have a moral failure in some area in your life, and then you can punish yourself the rest of your life, and the Lord's like, that's affecting your prayer life. Let's just put it at the foot of the cross. Let's learn from it. Let's, let's say, God, forgive me. And then let's move forward. Amen? amen? We don't want anything in the way of our prayer life. Just say amen. amen. Isn't that good? That's what he's saying here. He says, clean the closet quick. Get out the offenses. And Tammy's offended at me because I didn't give her two of those. I only gave her one. <laughs> that you may be healed and restored. See, if we do those things, we can be healed and restored. How many want to be healed and restored? Yes. Yeah. See, we have to do the math of heaven. And then you look at the, at, at the end result, and we start seeing things in the Spirit begin to happen. Healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I think a lot of people don't pray because they don't think it does anything. How we perceive prayer is how we will utilize prayer. How we perceive prayer is how we will utilize prayer. Let me, let me just try that again. How we perceive prayer is how we will utilize prayer. I thought this was like, you know, some liturgical church there for a minute. How we... Anyways... There was a guy by the name of Gary Oates. Has anyone ever listened to him? I just love that guy. He has some really good stuff. Um, he was a very liturgical pastor for a time in his life, and, and uh, you know, he was following the Lord, and, and he planted four churches, but he had no prayer life. He had no connection with the Lord. He knew he was there, and he was doing it out of just, just doing what he knew he had to do. And he ended up burned out and dry. Uh, he did have an encounter with the Holy Spirit when he was younger and all that. But he didn't know how to tap into the presence of God, and he burned himself out. That is not the prescription of heaven. Amen? When God calls you to do something, He gives you a grace, and He gives you the resources to do it. Amen? When God took the people out of Egypt, remember that? They were slaves and all that. He sent Moses, and they took him into the wilderness. 
uh, God took, led them into the wilderness, and God provided manna for them every day. And that manna, they'd have to go out and they'd have to collect that manna. And if they did, it brought nourishment to their being. Amen? But if they didn't, if they decided not to go get the manna, then they didn't have the nourishment for that day. Jesus said this, give us this day our daily bread. And you know that he was actually referring to that manna. It was sustenance for them for that day, but it was also spiritual sustenance for them for that day. Amen? Sometimes we get dry and burned out, and it's because we have not eaten manna. He provides it every morning. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Amen? Uh, what was it, the Psalm of David? Rise up, uh, rise early, will I seek you? And, and it just goes on. Uh, there are so many scriptures about seeking the Lord in the morning. And it's so powerful because it's the picture of going out and getting the manna, and then I have everything I need for that day. Has ever, anyone ever had to go minister to someone, maybe in your cell group or something, and it was a crazy week, it was hectic, you didn't pray at all, and you had to go minister to that person? Yeah? Was that fun? Was that like exciting? You felt the anointing dripping off your head? You're like, oh God, give me grace! That's not the design of heaven, amen? He designed this, that we could be satisfied. We could be full. We could be filled with what we need from heaven. So when that opportunity comes, we have all the sufficiency of heaven that we need, amen? So there are things that He'll provide, but there are things that He calls us to do to take part of that. And He's not going to do that for you, amen? Can you imagine? He grabs you out of bed every morning. He pours coffee down your neck. <laughs> forces you into a prayer position. Gary Oates was going through a burnout. He had planted four churches at this time. He was dead inside. He finally told his wife, he said, I'm, I'm just done. He said, I'm going to take a month off. And it turned into two, three and a half years. He actually went in, got a stockbroker license, he became a trader, and uh, he made a, a really good chunk of money. He said for the first time in his life, he was actually like really prosperous. And uh, he just was existing. He said it was fun to make money, but he wanted, there was something inside that he was lacking, even though he knew the Lord from when he was young, and all these things had happened, he had went through that burnout. And, and even though he was making money, which is good, he was missing something. And he said one day, a very wealthy man came into his office, and he sat down and he said, I want to uh, figure out something uh, for my retirement. This guy was already a little bit older, and he was very, very sick, very sick. He said he just looked sick. And so... Um, he looked sick, kind of like the first time I tried to ask Shar for a date. I looked sick. I looked, I was nervous. I was shaking. I was, anyway, so this guy came in and he looked, he looked sick and he sat there and he went through the man's finances and he said, you know, he said, 
I don't understand this. You've already done very well. Why do you want me to, you know, plan your financial future and invest this stuff for you? And the guy just starts spilling his, you know, his guts about his life. And uh, as he's talking to him, all of a sudden, he feels this familiar presence. And he looks at the guy and he catches himself saying, would you mind if I prayed for you? And he gets up, and the guy says, well, sure, that's fine. He thought he meant like when he got home or something. And uh, so, you know, that's like a world harvest moment, you know, in Walmart. You say, can I pray for you? And they say, well, that would be great. And then you go and pray for them, you know. What are you doing? It's good to pray for people. I don't think I've ever had anyone get mad at me in public for praying for them. A lot of times they start crying right there. They go, thank you. He starts praying for this guy, and the presence of God comes on him, and and the Lord touches this man. And the guy starts repenting of all kinds of sins right there in his office, confessing all kinds of things. He said, I'm a backslidden Christian. Anyways, confess deep, dark sins in his office. He said, the guy left, and he said he was so stirred, he thought, oh, my goodness, am I off track myself. So he went to a meeting after that, and, and a famous prophet called him out and, and talked to him, and, and uh, it was John Paul Jackson. He said, I see you as a, as a smoldering wick about to go out. And he gave him some encouragement about seeking the Lord. So he said to himself, he said, self, he said, this other lifestyle is not fun. It was fun to make money and it was fun to do those things, but it was so empty. See, nothing can replace the presence of God. So he put himself on a schedule and he began to seek the Lord and seek the Lord and seek the Lord and fast and pray, did whatever on on a normal routine. And all of a sudden, the presence of God began to invade his life again. And God began to fill him up. And he started having encounters, and, and, uh, and uh, then people would start coming to him for ministry. People started asking him to come and preach at churches, and he's thinking, who am I? All, am I? All I am is just a seeker. But see, he began to get filled with the presence of God. People wanted to be around the life of God. Amen? Isn't that good? So uh, uh, he resigned, and he went full-time in the ministry again. And he's still going to this day. But God is so good. One time he was saying he was on a mission trip. He said, you know, he'd been consistently praying and him and his wife went into Mexico. And he said, as you seek the Lord, God begins to do supernatural things in your life until the supernatural becomes normal. Say normal. Normal. Just point at somebody normal in here. Thank you for pointing at me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. So he's on this trip in Mexico, and they're way back in Mexico, and they blow a tire. And he's like, oh, no, I've got my wife with me. You know, it's not real safe down here. And so he changes the tire, and he puts the spare on, and the spare starts going lower and lower. So they pull over to a gas station. They, they fill it up, and this keeps going. They stayed overnight at the hotel and woke up, and the tire is almost flat again. And so then uh, he's driving around the area and he's trying to find a place that he can buy a new tire. 
And it was a specific size tire and nobody had it. And he thought, Lord, what am I going to do? And his wife reminded him, why don't we pray? He goes, that's right. Why do we wait to pray for the last resort? Isn't that crazy? If we had an understanding of prayer, we would do it first thing in the morning, and we would do it before we do anything. Think about it. You have Almighty God, and you have all these problems and all these things, and we don't even bother to ask Him for help. We're like, I got this, God. I'm bigger. I'm more capable. So they, I think they held hands or something, and they began to pray, and they said, Lord, we don't know what to do because we cannot be driving around in Mexico with a spare that's going low all the time. It's not safe. And uh, then he felt he should pull into this town. So he goes into this little tiny town, just a little town, and uh, he pulls over, and there's a guy standing there. And he says, uh, hey, do you know where I can get a, 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 t- a tire? And uh, the guy, he says, uh, he says, well, yeah. He said, and he said, my friend has tires just like those he sells. And he says, okay. He says, tell me how to get there. He says, better yet, I'll come with you. So the guy jumps in their car, and he, he said he felt peace about it, and he jumped in the car. The guy took him across the town, took him out in the country, way out into kind of a shanty area, and he said they got a little bit nervous because it was a really scary area. And uh, they got out. The guy got out with him, talked to the man in Spanish, uh, ordered the tire. The guy put the tire on. He, he gives the man that rode with him the money. The, the guy does the correct change, gives him the money back. And uh, so the guy gets back in the car. They drive back into town, and the man gets to the edge of town, and he says, just drop me off here. And he says, well, here, there's nothing around here. He said, just drop me off here. So they pull the car over, and, and he, he thanks them. And he shakes his hand. He says, you know, thank you so much. And uh, they shut the door, and they go to pull off, and they turn around and look, and the guy is gone. His wife jumps out of the car just to make sure, and there's no one there. It gives me goosebumps just telling that story. <laughs> You know, the Bible says that you entertain angels unaware. That means that you have all seen angels, but you're not aware of it. How many husbands see an angel every morning when your wife wakes up? All right. So prayer, prayer is very important. See, things like that began to happen in his life after, say after, he began to develop his prayer life. Supernatural things become natural. You can't walk in the flesh and expect uh, supernatural things to happen. But when you walk in the Spirit, spiritual things begin to be normal. Amen? It's such simple math, and we all know it. And and the Lord is saying, I want to encourage you. 
I want to excite you in this again. I want to build interest. I want, to, I want you to, to begin to awaken with the reality of the power of prayer. Amen? Amen? To be inspired to do it. Religion says you have to or else. God's saying, just taste and see and it'll be amazing. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, Then you, this is the Amplified, Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me, as a vital necessity, and find me when you search me, search for me with all your heart. When will this man... When will the people have a visitation from God? When they search for Him with all their heart. You know that God watches over His Word? If we seek Him with all of our heart, He will show up and He will visit our home. Amen? There's nothing better than the presence of God. I've been through some really hard things in my life and some really hard things. And the Lord said to me, He said, you can either be angry or you can draw strength. You can either be angry or you can draw strength. I need to say this one more time. You can either be angry or you can draw strength. And I found that when I chose the second, the latter of the two, that I was able to have joy in the midst of adversity. Amen? Things are going on I don't like, but He's speaking to me and He's building me up and He's encouraging me and I'm, I'm feeling good. You know what I mean? In the midst of adversity, you can either draw strength or be angry. I want to challenge everyone here. Who's everyone? <laughs> Thanks, Terry, that guy. <laughs> I want to challenge everyone here to 30 minutes. I want to give you a 30-minute challenge. 30 minutes a day in prayer with God. Who's willing to do it? Who's willing to do it? Let's, let's, anybody over here? 30 minutes a day. Can we do it? Let's see if God will uphold His Word and He'll start giving you a visitation and strengthening you and encouraging you. And it even ties prosperity into seeking God. Can you believe that? How many want to prosper? Everyone's like, oh, I don't see that in church. <laughs> Are you kidding? The house of Obed-Edom, when they had the presence of God, it said that God richly blessed them. Amen? In every way. We need the presence of God to come. And I believe if we'll take this challenge of praying for 30 minutes a day, some of us are like, well, how can I fill 30 minutes? Well, keep it simple. I'd like you to read one chapter out of the Bible every morning. Say one chapter. And here's your formula. I want you to worship the Lord. Just worship for a little bit. What, is, what happens? We worship Him because He's worthy. But in the midst of worship and praise, 
it begins to cultivate an atmosphere where His presence begins to settle in your room. You start to feel the presence of God. And what happens is it begins to open up your faith. It begins to elevate your faith that when you pray for your needs, you actually have faith to believe that God is going to come through. Amen? It's so simple. It's so simple. So worship, then we deal with heart issues, just like the Lord's Prayer. We deal with some heart issues. If we need to forgive somebody, we do that. And then we, we, again, we ask for any needs that we have, any issues. And then we end it in a time of worship. And what I'd like you to do is spend at least 10 of those minutes in worship. Put on a worship song and just worship Him. Don't ask for anything at that point. Just bless Him. You'll get more out of that than during any of the other time. You just worship Him. You bless Him. You thank Him. And His presence begins to feed you. It begins to fill you. And I guarantee you, you do it for 30 minutes and pretty soon it'll be an hour. Amen? All right, a couple of things here real quick. Um, I think, what time is it? I think we'll do the, I want to do the movie clip one more time because it, it has a lasting impact. I'd like you guys to watch the movie, The War Room. A bunch of people rented it last week. They, they told me that's good. See, God is trying to stir us because it matters. Let's go ahead to that clip one more time. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it praise you Jesus you are Lord give me another one Lord Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. 
raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world, that will not compromise when under pressure, that will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle, that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. Amen. All right, I'm going to do this in like two minutes. I need to give you a couple more points. You ready? You can look at your watch. You can time me. <laughs> they asked Jesus to teach, him, teach them how to pray, and He gave them the Lord's Prayer. We went through that last week. I encourage you to listen to that again. But I want to give you another scripture that He said here. He taught them a few different times in prayer. And in Matthew 7, 7, it said this. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Say, I can receive from heaven. For everyone who asks, receives. I think I need to say that again. For everyone that asks, receives. According to God. But sometimes we don't understand that there's a battle sometimes and we need to press through in prayer and go after heaven, go after an answer with tenacity. Sometimes we need to do spiritual warfare because we have an enemy that's fighting against us. But according to God, He's saying, I'm ready to give. To, your kid, to his kids. Yes, as long as it's according to his will. He's not going to give you a pound of cocaine to go sell, okay? <laughs> it's not going to do that. You can pray a lot, but it's not going to happen. Look at this. Ask, and it will be given to you. We need to start with prayer with that in mind, that if I ask my good Papa in heaven, He is willing to help me in my life. Why do I pray? Are you kidding? It's the most important thing in my life. It's the most important thing to my success. It's the most important thing to the health of my family. When you pray, declare the name of your children every single morning before the throne room of God. Amen? Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Why is this such a powerful scripture? Why is this? They're listening to this, and they're thinking, what? 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 
Here's the powerful thing about that scripture. See, we have to understand the culture. We have to understand the audience at the time. He used this little word. In verse 8, everyone, say everyone, everyone, who asks, receives. They were so blown away by this. I don't know if I can paint a picture of this to wake you up enough. The culture of the day, everyone would pray for the safety of Israel. Everyone would pray for their nation. Everyone would pray. They would pray. They would pray. It was just part of the culture. They would pray, and it's the right thing to do, and they did want to honor God. And, but to have an answer from heaven required a prophet or a special individual that God was moving upon. That was the custom and the thinking of the time. You had to be an elevated person in, in Judaism to be able to bow your knee and pull an answer from heaven. It just didn't happen in their belief at that time. And Jesus is talking about a whole other lifestyle. He's talking about kingdom living. In Christianity, in Christ, He's saying all the rules change. All the rules change. When I come to the Father in the name of Jesus, these rules apply. When I go and I pray some traditional prayer, not much happens. But he said, when you come to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, heaven opens up, the Father listens. And he's saying to this culture, he's saying right here, he says, I know it's going to shock you, but for the future generations, this is how this will be. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. Amen? Amen. That's it. We have a lot of cell groups, a lot of good cell leaders, potential cell leaders, and we are going to canvas the area with the gospel. Amen? Amen. And you know, when they've, when they've researched evangelism around the world, the number one key component anywhere, you can ask the Billy Graham Crusade group. You can ask Reinhardt Bunkie's group. They won $78 million to Christ. I think they know what they're doing. The number one component to winning people to Christ is daily prayer. Yeah, amen. It's not advertisements. It's not money. It's not door-to-door evangelism. All those things are good. The number one thing is asking, seeking, and knocking. Let me give you one more thing. Can I tell you about this? So that's the culture of the day. Here's the other thing. You're living in Israel, okay? Jesus is teaching there. You think, ask, seek, knock. What does it matter? And he says, if any of you need bread and a friend comes into town and it's midnight and you're going to go get bread for him, what does it say? He says, you can go to your friend's house and at midnight, and, and, and say you need some bread. And he says, hey, it's late. 
Now, if you picture what it looked like at that time, these were tiny houses, and a lot of their goats and things would be in the front of the house with the kids. And they'd have a little room in the back where him and mama would sleep with any babies. And when somebody would make a ruckus outside, the dogs and the animals would wake up and they'd wake the kids up. And it was chaotic. Do you get the picture? And in that time, people didn't knock on doors. It was very rude to knock on a door. What you did is you went to the gate of the courtyard there, the little tiny yard, and you get to the edge of the yard and you would call out. You'd say, Joe! 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 And in this story, Jesus says, he says, you can ask for the bread, and if he doesn't give it to you, just go up and keep knocking. It was considered rude to go and knock on a door. And Jesus was saying, I want to give you a a key to prayer. Ask, seek, and if that don't work, just knock like crazy. Knock like crazy. Get the whole church to knock like crazy. Get the whole cell group to knock like crazy. Get the whole city to knock like crazy. And shake that door until the animals are awakened and the kids are crying and and it's the picture of heaven. And God's like, what is going on? He's saying knock. Knocking is a type of spiritual warfare. Knocking is a type of thing that sometimes you have to go past dignity and get in. The Bible says the violent take it by force. Amen? That's a whole nother level of prayer. And what does it say? It says, if you keep knocking, finally the man says, okay, here's some bread. I give in. It's a funny story that Jesus is telling to give a picture of heaven and prayer. Sometimes you have to want to so bad with all your heart get a hold of heaven that you're willing to be uh, almost obnoxious in prayer, if I can use that word. To pound heaven. Of course God is good. He's a good papa. He wants us to pray. But Jesus has given us a, a, a silly story to give us an example of when we go after God, sometimes He wants us to pound heaven until the door opens. Just say amen. Amen. I think that could preach. There's a... Oh, it's 12 o'clock. It's time. Past the two minutes. I was going to get into some good stuff. There's a, a saying in Greek called uh, call balmer. That's Greek. And it means to use the silly to explain the large. And that's what Jesus did here. He was talking about you can ask for bread. But he's actually saying that's a silly thing. Of course, God's going to help you with that. But he's using that phrase, that Greek term, to say that if there's an issue in your life, if he can give you bread, He's also going to give you a breakthrough in sales. Amen? Amen. He can do that. He can win your neighbor to Jesus. If you want to start a business, I'd start plowing the ground in prayer. Amen? 
He'll give you the opportunities. He'll give you the contacts. He'll do that. Amen? How many think we should begin to pray? Every move of God in history was started through prayer. Let's stand up. Packers don't play until 3 o'clock. So I'm, let's stretch and then we'll do part two of the message. I'm serious about this. 30 minutes a day, see what happens. God's going to change your life. If you'll do that, you're going to have more faith than you've ever had in your life. Amen? Amen. If we want a different life, we have to do different things to achieve it. Amen? Amen. God's on this thing. I think we should close in prayer. How's that? You know, one of the things that's on the heart of the Lord that is probably, oh, there's a lot of things on the heart of the Lord. I know, I'm trying to close. But it's something that I'm feeling in my spirit so strong that I want to weep. And the Lord, this is just what I'm feeling, but I believe it's the voice of the Lord. The Lord is wanting us to start praying for our school systems. Yes, I'm telling you, if you want to hear what the voice of the Lord is saying, He's saying, start praying for our schools. We need to clean them up again. And it's not going to happen just because we have a good day. We need some people to learn how to to knock and tell things change. Get the right people on the board. Get the right people in the schools. Get the right people in government. Amen? How many are willing to knock and to to ask, seek, and knock? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Boy, that's, that's, that's in the air. God cares about our kids. He does. Let's pray for that right now. Grab hands. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you guys just pray, just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for our children, Lord God, for the next generation, Lord. Father, we rebuke the devil. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the devil. You get your hands off our schools. You get your hands off our kids. You get your hands off our government. You get your hands off of our communities. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke all those attacks in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you remove uh, the wicked and put in righteous, Lord God. Father, we pray that you would put in the right people. Father, I pray that you'd stir Christians to get into those positions, that they would serve and make a difference. God, you're shaking America again. Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the salvation of our neighbors, Lord God. Father, I pray for a wave of salvation to come. I pray that every soul in a 50-mile area would know the gospel in Jesus' name. I pray for every teenager that they would come to know Jesus Christ. Be a movement that would make other people jealous for the things of God. Father, we pray for people's needs, God. We pray, Lord God, that you'd help them and bless them. And Lord, teach them your ways, O God. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray you bless the church. Lord God, as they go and uh, head to their homes and into the area of the Father, I just pray that you, you would just elevate their faith, Lord God. Let them know that you're with them, God. Shine upon them, O oh God. Let them know your goodness, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. How many can say amen? Yeah. Amen. If you need prayer, we'll have people up here that'll pray with you and see a breakthrough. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.